Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Timer. We got a special, special, special boxing episode. Y'all know Saul Canelo Alvarez is taking on Jamel Charlo this weekend. So I interview one of the best promoters in the game. Leonard Ellaby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions. He's here to talk about this fight. And then after that, I got my guy, Sean King, won a championship, won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He works at Visa now. He's a big boxing fan. He comes on to break down the fight. So come check it out. Ringer Gambling Show. Let's go. Welcome to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Primer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. And we got a special, special, special guest today. We got the CEO of Mayweather Promotions in the building, Leonard Ellaby. What's going on, man? What's up, Raheem? Well, you you got that good energy going on. You got me hyped. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, like, look, you're the CEO of Mayweather Promotions. You've had, you've been a part of some of the biggest fights ever. And... You know, I've grown up looking up to you, Floyd Mayweather, Al Heyman. So we had a big fight coming up. Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Canelo defending his undisputed middleweight titles. What do you think is going to happen? Well, this is the first time ever that, you know, you have um, two um, undisputed champions that's going to square off. I mean, this, this it gets no bigger than this. It's for all the marbles. Undisputed versus undisputed. You know, Canelo Alvarez taking on Jamal Charlo. When you when you look at the history of the sport, it's only been ten guys. Well, really nine guys because Crawford has done it twice, who have been undisputed. 
So in the four belt era. So you look at this line, Canelo Alvarez is a minus 420 favorite. I mean, that's a steep favorite. Like if you're doing a math on that, they're saying Jamel, they're saying Canelo has an 80% chance of winning. We are a gambling show. So if you're a gambling man, where are you putting your money? Well, one, I'm I'm gonna be just like the rest of the the, the, the fans who are who are gonna be in attendance and the ones who are gonna be watching all around the world. So, Got to wait and see what happens, man. You got two great, great fighters. You know, um, Jamel's moving up, two weight classes. But, you know, I don't think that in this particular case, you know, he's the taller, longer fighter. And Canelo, he's obviously shorter in stature. It's just going to be a great fight for the fans. And, you know, you and both guys, in my opinion, have a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. And when you look at when you look at Canelo, Canelo's heard all the talk about that, you know, he don't fight black fighters and all this nonsense. You know, so that alone, he's motivated. He, he's, he's motivated because it's like Canelo's like, I fought everybody. Black fighters, Hispanic fighters, you know, he's fought everybody. You know, but you got the naysayers out there that, you know, so it's the little things like that that really motivate him because, you know, you, you also hear things that like he's slipping a little bit, you know? Um, but it's just that I kind of know what has been going on. You know, he's been going, battling some injuries, you know, in the, in the past, not to make any excuses, but it's just factual. He just recently had surgery and, and he's, he's said himself that he's injury free. He's coming into this fight injury free. And then you shift gears to Jamel Charlo. Jamel always got a chip on his shoulders. Always got a chip on his shoulders. Anywhere you see him, whether it's at fights, the gym, or whatever, you know, he's ready. He looks like he's ready to step in the ring then. But this particular fight, he knows that Canelo is a, is a top dog. But he's a top dog, too. You know, and I think that he relishes the, the opportunity of being the, coming in this situation as the underdog. You know, and he's going to come in and lay it on the line. That's why I see this fight not going the distance. Mm, interesting. Interesting. That's, I mean, that's really interesting for me just because, like, a lot of people are just picking against Charlo in this one. I mean, like, I've heard Oscar De La Hoya say, a, an elite big guy is always going to beat an elite little guy. So what do you think about Charlo? You can't, you can't pay him no attention. He's a clown. So you can't pay him no okay. attention. He don't have nothing to do with none of this. PBC is, is put on the, the biggest and best shows and by far, by far, are head and show, shoulders above the competition. So he's coming from that from that angle of it that, you know, he don't, he don't work with Canelo anymore. And, you know, Canelo's over here where he should have been all along with the big dogs. Without a doubt. So, I mean, I guess the, the point I'm trying to make is why should people give Charlo a chance, given that he's jumping up in two like two weight classes, which is, I mean, we've seen like a Manny Pacquiao defeat uh, a Margarito. We've seen a Manny Pacquiao beat Oscar De La Hoya. But for the most part, like historically, when you look at a lot of these fights, when you look at uh, a Mikey Garcia versus a Spence, or you just look at like the bigger guy tends to win. So why, why does Charlo have a real chance in this fight? Well, uh, again, he's undisputed. He's undisputed. Yes, and it's at a smaller weight class, but he is a beast. He's a dog. 
He's he's not fighting um, a bigger fighter in in you know like a taller fighter. Again, actually, he's the bigger fighter, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as experience is concerned, you know, he's defeated every fighter that he's faced, like in the rematches, you know. Um, and he's always found a way. When you when you talk about Jamel Charlo, you got to start out with calling him a winner. That's all he knows how to do, you know. If he's, and there have been cases where he's been behind in fights, but he always finds a way to come back, you know, and get the job done. You know, he's a terrific fighter. And, and, and again, what I love about him, I love his swag. I love the confidence. You know, everything about him, it's like he's about his business. And, and again, is that he knows, he hears and sees everything that, mo- that, that people, that some, I ain't going to say all, aren't giving him much of a shot. But I just told these, I'm like, these people are crazy. These, these people are crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and he coming. And he bringing all his people with him, too. You're going to see so many brothers and sisters out here from, <laughs> from Houston and Dallas and all the inner cities. They coming to support him. They coming to support him. I can definitely see that. So changing gears a little bit, the person who wins this fight is going to be the most targeted guy in boxing. You've heard Terrence Crawford. He said he, want, he wanted, Ter- he, he wanted um, Charlo. You heard Terrence Crawford say, look, I don't even really want the Spence fight. I want Canelo. How do you feel about Terrence Crawford, you know, possibly fighting Canelo or possibly fighting Charlo? Well, if that's what he wants to do, that's what that's what he wants to do. But but this this fight right here, we got to talk about what's going on. This fight right here, we can't talk about something that's anticipated, might happen. We got the biggest thing going right here, the smoking right now on the 30th of September, 30th of September. You got Canelo Alvarez taking on Jamel Charlo, undisputed versus undisputed, you know. And what I want to tell all your listeners right now, don't wait. Don't wait next week. Order right now. Order this fight right now because I already know everything jammed up. Try to order online and order right now. Don't wait. Again, because we have a tremendous undercard also. Tremendous undercard. One of the best that I've seen in and I've done the biggest fights in the history of the sport. And, you know, you hear promoters oftentimes say, hey, you know, the top to bottom, this guy. But no, this one right here, the fans will get their bang for the buck. This is one, this is one of them cards that you don't want to miss. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned the undercard because you guys at Mayweather Promotions, you signed a guy, 17 years old, Carmel Moulton, and he's going to be debuting on the undercard. Um, tell us about him and what makes him special and what, what we can look forward to when we, when we see him fight for the first time. He, he's, he's a tremendous, he's a tremendous young fighter. He's a tremendous young fighter. Um, he's a fighter that Floyd has been working with personally ever since I think maybe he's been like five or six years old, you know? So he's, he's been a kind of like part of the family, you know, and Floyd has been totally single-handedly supporting his amateur career. And then it's been no secret about that. And he, he's the real deal. He is, he's special. He is, he's definitely special. Um, and he's, he's, he's going to make his pro debut against a, a kid who's four and out, you know, so I'm really, really excited about, you know, what lies ahead for, for him. Uh, Kamel Moulton, he's, again, he's one of the most talented young fighters out there in the 
boxing. I mean, he's he's been in the ring with the likes of Shakira Stevenson. Um, uh, it's so many fights. I don't want to leave him out, but he's 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 boxed a lot of top tier fighters, you know, and he and he's kind of held his own. And again, he is definitely he's the he's the present and the future of of the sport because again, it's that you know, and I'm so happy that he's going to be under um, the Mayweather promotions umbrella. If there's a guy that you can compare him to, just because uh, most of us, we haven't seen him yet. I mean, we we hear about him. We see him on Instagram. If there's a style that you can compare him to, who would you compare him to? Tank Davis. Mm. And guess what? You know it gets no bigger than that. <laughs> oh, without it, I mean, he's the face. Tank Davis is the face of boxing. And I, I'm glad you brought up Tank because, you know, he's kind of been a source of contention. And I, I love Tank Davis. Like, there's nobody who... I would rather spend my money on when it comes to boxing. He just had probably the, the biggest non-Mayweather pay-per-view ever with Ryan Garcia. But there's a, always a lot of criticism about Tank's opponents and when he's going to fight the Haney's, when he's going to fight um, the, the Shakur's. Why hasn't those fights happened and when will they happen? Well, you know, as a, as a boxing fan myself, I would like to see those fights, but we don't always get what we want when we want it. The fans just have to be patient. You know, Tanks right now, he's leading the way. He, he's leading the way for in, in boxing. He's lead, leading the way. He, when people, when he announces he's going to come to fight, people flock to the box office to buy tickets, you know, because he's the most exciting fighter in the entire sport. And these other fighters that you mentioned, they all are outstanding fighters but you have to have you you have to be more than that even though the fans want to see these matchups but there's a certain thing what we call the business side to this tang davis is generating you know incredible revenue in one fight alone he's generated more revenue than you put two or three of these uh entire weight classes together all these fighters, you can group them all together. Right now, he's generated more in one fight than all these people. So again, it's that he's the one that's dictating all the terms. And, and I don't think it's fair to, and this is just my opinion, I don't think it's fair to the other fighters that if, okay, the fans say, if some of the fans say, let's see, we want to see this fight right now. Okay. I don't think that, and this is just my opinion, I don't think that what Tank would be offering them would be received very well because he's the one that's generating, you know, let's call it what it is, you know, 99% of the revenue. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So what do you pay these kind of guys? And I, and I think yeah. that everybody knows it's a big fight. And then the, the promoters got to get paid. So and this is just my opinion. Um, Tank's his own boss and he calls his own shots. And when those when those fights are ready, I think they'll be ready because what you will see is you'll, you'll go and you'll see the majority of the fans. We're not just talking about the diehard boxing fans. We're talking about the casual fans. They'll say, oh, this guy right here, and, you know, let them go sell out a venue and generate millions of dollars. And, you know, but again, they all are terrific fighters. They have outstanding management teams. They have a good promoter, you know, but the promoter know what time of day it is. He knows. Yeah. So you you feel like the the business of boxing is just kind of just like a lot of these guys just haven't built their names up enough in order to 
for these big fights to happen. Like, it, it's just so interesting because we've had so many conversations this week about guys ducking guys. I mean, you saw the situation with, you know, Frank Martin and Shakur Stevenson. And I spoke to Frank Martin on this show before, and he told me he wanted everybody. And you see it come out in, on Twitter and on the news that Shakur only offered him a certain amount. So is it these other promoters just doing a poor job of building their fighter so that we could have these fights? Is that speak negatively on the promoters? But but one thing's for sure, we, and I can say we, we're not going to do your job for you. You know, Al has done a tremendous job of assembling a great team. You know, he has uh, countless fighters, you know, and him and everyone else have worked very hard to, 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 to build something that's very special. Okay, because check this out, Raheem. Mm-hmm. Just, just turn the table for a second. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that if they were in a position of, of strength, that they would be like saying, oh, here, let me give you this, or let me offer you this? No, they're going to be trying to do what they're trying to do to look out for the guys that they work with, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that. And, and all I'm saying is, is that that just me personally, I don't think that certain fights are big as people think that they are. You know, and and if and if it was up to me, which is not up to me, I'm not gonna tell no fighter to take no pay cut. That's that's good to know. And I like I, I appreciate you saying that just because I think the fans don't really have a, a true understanding. And even I, I as just you know in media. I don't necessarily have a true understanding of what's going on in the background. So I'm going to change gears for a question. Um, obviously, you are the CEO of Mayweather Promotions. One of the things that we've seen from Floyd recently is that we always see him with the younger fighters. He's working. Like, you'll see him in the gym with Keyshawn. You'll see him in the gym with um, Shakur. Um, is there any talks of, you know, Floyd possibly becoming a trainer or a coach or just, you know, kind of living out what his father and, and his uncle Roger did because I just think he has so much knowledge of the sport. And you also see, like, his shoulder roll style. You see other guys doing it, but they don't do it like Floyd. So do you see him, you know, possibly training somebody or something like that? Or is it just promotion? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, think that, I think that he's he's great about giving back to the younger generation. You know, that's kind of what he does, you, you know. Um, yeah, but I, I just personally just, because that's a full-time commitment. That's a full-time commitment. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather is living his life, you know, from, from going from mansion to mansion and from, from mansion to private jet and, 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 and going, traveling all around the world at the, at the drop of a dime. And when he just feels like it, you know, no, I can't see that at the present moment. In his in his immediate future, you know, um, he has he has a lot of uh, business interests that are out there, and um, amongst other things. But he enjoys, you know, staying connected to the younger generation. I'll just yeah, I, I just want to thank you for doing this interview, and I'm putting you on record because you said this fight was not going to go to distance. You know, on Fanduel, yeah, I, that's just my um, opinion. I I don't see it going to distance on Sp- Fanduel Sportsbook right now which is, you know, our sponsor for this podcast. They have, will this fight go to distance? Yes, minus 215. The no is plus 164. So I'm putting you down for that. And hopefully when this fight doesn't go to distance, I'll try to break you off with some change, (laughs) whatever I bet on it. (laughs) 
But yeah, thank you for doing this interview. Leonard Ellaby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions. Y'all make sure y'all go out and check out Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Pound for pound, undisputed, super middleweight. Wait, order now. Yeah. Make sure you check that out. Thanks so much. All right. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Primer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. And we got a special, special guest in the building. We got my main man from VSIN. He's already, he's won a Super Bowl championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played at Tulane. Bringing in my main man, Sean King. What's good, man? My guy, RP, man. I, I, I finally made it on the show. I'm so excited. I'm so fired up. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Ringer. Uh, I think I fell in love with you guys back when they used to do the Game of Thrones recap shows. And I kind of been following it ever since, man. You got you do a great job on here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, you're a big boxing guy. I'm a big boxing guy. You brought me on your show. So I had to return a favor because, I mean, you absolutely nailed that pick with Terrence Crawford. I was a big Errol Spence guy. I didn't want to bet against anybody. I just thought it was going to be a competitive fight. And you called the knockout. So, um... I definitely want to bring on here, bring you on here to talk about Canelo versus Charlo. Yeah, uh, I think this is a little different. Uh, I think there are some unknowns. Of course, the obvious one being the weight. Uh, you know, generally when a smaller fighter has gone up in weight and beat an established champion, it's because he's a superior boxer. Yet I view Charlo as more of a puncher fighter with skill almost like a skilled bully. He's not like a defensive wizard, and he's not like, you know, fluidity in the ring from a movement standpoint. So I do think my handicap can change based on what they look like at the weigh-in. I'll actually be, of course, mm -hmm. at all the pre-fight events, but I want Charlo to win. Yeah. I'm trying to find a pathway to how that happens. Hmm. See, I'm struggling with it as well because of the way I think you you, you said it. It's like typically when you see a, a smaller fighter move up and fight a bigger fighter, typically the bigger fighter wins. I mean, you go to Spence versus Mikey Garcia. Um, I think the one fight that I could think of where the smaller fighters 
that that moved up. It was a Manny Pacquiao versus Margarita. It was a Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo. I think this one is interesting because Canelo, to me, he's not like he's a natural 168 pounder. I mean, he's right. like he was a guy who came from and he was fighting at 154 and fighting at 160. Um, I think the thing is, I think people underrate Canelo's boxing skill. And that's where I'm having trouble seeing Charlo being able to outbox him. Well, I asked myself a couple questions, and then I would mm-hmm. agree with you. And I think more so than just skill, it's experience and composure that Canelo yeah. has. You never see him kind of get off his square, no matter mm-hmm. what happens. He never gets impatient. He has a plan of attack coming into the fight, and he kind of, even if he has to adjust it, he stays on course. And mm-hmm. um, the first thing I asked myself was, can Charlo win a decision? And uh, I came back with, yes, Baval won a decision. Baval is a much less popular fighter in America than Charlo. Uh, second question I asked myself, can Charlo be disciplined for 12 rounds? And that's kind of where I started, you know, not having legitimate answers. Because to me, Charlo is a bully at 54. He wants to beat the other guy up. He can box, and he'll do it in stretches. but Eventually, you know what I'm saying? His temperament is, I'm going to fight. You know, I remember yeah. the Castanos rematch. Derek yelling at him in the corner, stay off the ropes, stay off the ropes. And the first thing Charlo did was go back on the ropes. And it's worked against smaller guys. I just wonder, when he goes to 68 in this fight, can he get Canelo's respect? I think mm-hmm. Caleb Plant and those guys lost to Canelo because they could not make Canelo respect their power and he walked them down. On the other side, when he moved up a little too much, B-Ball got Canelo's respect with his power. And yeah. Canelo basically said, okay, I'm not getting knocked out. I'm probably going to lose the fight, but I'm not. So I, I, I don't know yet if Charlo can get Canelo's respect. And I'm not trying to like not have an answer, but like this is my yeah. process when in a fight like this. And I think this may be a fight. I'm, I'm going to give an opinion today, but I, 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 I reserve the right to adjust my opinion at the weigh-in. I really want to yeah. see what Charlo looks like at 168. And I'll give some context. You know, Winky Wright's one of my best friends in the world. And mm-hmm. Winky looked tremendous uh, at 54 fighting Sugar Shane. And, and he only looked tremendous for Tito. But when he moved up slightly to fight Hopkins, mm-hmm. the body didn't look the same. You know, so I, I want to see what Charlo looks like at 68. Yeah, that's that's really fair. Um, the question I have for you is that we all know Canelo has some stamina issues. He's had it throughout his entire career. And then, you know, there's rumors right now to where you look at one of his former sparring pot- partners. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I think it's Ahmed um, Elabila. Um, and he, he said Canelo was lazy and physically older than his age. And we all know Canelo has a lot of fights. And he's coming off this fight against John Ryder where we all know the older Canelo puts him out. And he didn't look good. So how do you feel like Canelo's stamina is going to play into this fight against a younger guy in Jamel Charlo? You know, uh, motivation matters in boxing. Guys mm-hmm. are motivated for different reasons. Some guys are motivated because they've never really made big money. They want to, you know, get the big bag and be able to enjoy life. Other guys are motivated. They've never really got the recognition. You know, they want that signature fight. So when they walk in uh, a a non-boxing set and people are like, yeah, that's such and such, you know, 
one of the best. At this point, Canelo has everything. What's his motivation? And here's why I think you're going to see the best possible version of Canelo. Canelo knows if he beats Charlo, especially if it's convincingly, him and Bud Crawford can name their price. Mm. They can make as much money as Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather Pacquiao, because they know that's the biggest fight, regardless of weight class or anything in boxing. So to me, even as much money as Canelo made, when you got that little cherry dangling at the end of this, I think he's going to come in ready to fight. And it's just, can Charlo impose his will at 168? Uh, I've heard that Charlo uh, is susceptible to body shots. Of course, mm-hmm. we know Canelo's probably the best, one of the best body punches we've ever seen. So I think that's what makes this fight for me more intriguing than Spence Crawford. I always thought Crawford would dominate Spence. For one, I didn't think Spence was the 100% version of himself. Mm-hmm. I thought people were underestimating that it was hard for Spence to make 147 18 months when he fought last. And now mm-hmm. you take off 18 months and got to make 147 again, like the body. You know, it's not like just a, you know what I'm saying? It it, 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 it deteriorates to some level. Yeah. The older you get, the more wear and tear you put on it. And then I just think that Crawford is an all-time great. And I thought that would be a, a, a huge, huge hurdle for Spence to overcome. And I've seen Spence hurt. If you go back and watch the Ugar-Spence fight, Ugar's had Spence in the same position Crawford did. Ugar's just doesn't have that killer instinct because he's not necessarily a big puncher that Crawford has. So, you know, I, I, I got lucky, I guess. I called it right. There's a lot of people in the arena from Texas, so I didn't boast and brag. I just went and cashed yeah. those tickets. So how do <laughs> we how do we make money in Charlo Canelo? I think that's the tough thing, because you look at the odds, Canelo is a minus 430 favorite at FanDuel. I mean, it's pretty much giving him an 80% chance. So, I mean, it's one thing for us to pick Canelo in this fight, but it's another thing to say that the odds actually reflect what's like this actual fight. And I'm not sure that's the case. Jamel Charlo hasn't lost anybody. I mean, he's the younger fighter. I think at plus 300, there's a part of me that almost wants to take a stab at Charlo just because we all know Canelo has those stamina issues. You could kind of say he's slipping. I mean, that John Ryder fight was like very concerning. I mean, Bevo, him moving up to fight Bebo, I don't think he necessarily had the chance. But to me, I went to that um, GGG, the third fight. Canelo didn't look great in that fight. So to me, it almost feels like he's right for the taking, and the plus 300 is where the value is. But what do you think? Um, I don't know yet, Raheem. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> like, well, let's talk through it, because I love this. We're talking through it. Yeah. Canelo's losses are to Floyd, Probably the greatest yeah. fighter ever. Yeah. Baval, a guy he went up to 175 to fight, who a lot of people just underestimated. Baval still hasn't lost. And didn't Canelo lose the first GGG fight or was it a draw? It was a draw. It was a draw. But so, I mean, some people say he lost. <laughs> right. So the blemish is on his record because the first GGG fight, GGG was still that guy. Yeah. So when you look at the resume and you look at where he's had issues, those are like three really, really great fighters. The thing yeah. that makes me nervous about Jamel, he lost to Harrison and he had a draw against Castaños. He had to fight both of those guys twice to beat him. So that's probably why I lean more to Canelo 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, but Canelo by decision is probably where I'm leaning right now. The, uh, if, if so, that's if minus Charlo, 120 at the at, at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. So, um, right. So if you don't want to lay the minus four, because I don't think, I mean, maybe he stops him with a body shot. I mean, but more than likely if they fight five times, this fight goes the distance. Cause I think, you know, I've always been taught by Winky and, and Tarver and Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford. If an elite fighter decides that he doesn't want to get knocked out, it's damn near impossible to knock him out. Like, they're just that capable of mm-hmm. not winning the fight, but avoiding, you know, getting yeah. stopped. So we're saying, so, is Earl Spence not elite? <laughs> or well, is I, just- I, I don't I think Earl Spence was willing to go out on the shield. Yeah, he was definitely willing to go out on the shield. Yeah. And I, I respect and, that because, you know what? Like, to me, people were just like, yo, he wasn't the same guy. To me, he looked like the same guy. It was just he was fighting somebody who was just elite. But, yeah, I agree what, with you. Here's what the public and the boxing media have to, you know, start mm-hmm. embracing. If you want to see great fights, you have to stop uh, demonizing and ridiculing and persecuting the loser. Yeah, because when you challenge yourself, there's sometimes you're gonna come up short. You know, yeah. it, very few of the guys that we love that we think Sugar Ray Leonard lost, yeah, Muhammad Ali lost, Mike Tyson lost. Like, I mean, was it Floyd uh, and Lopez and uh, Marciano? I think are the only three I know yeah. off the top of my head that, that retired undefeated. So, I mean, the media and the fans are so quick to. You know, oh, you ain't nothing. You lost, man. I got more respect for Spence because he did something he didn't have to do. Spence yeah. could have just went on making big money and never fought Crawford. I respect the hell out of uh, Arrow. And uh, the last point to that is, in this space, if you have an opinion on a fight, it doesn't mean that you dislike or have angst or bad energy towards the person you don't think is going to win the fight. Yeah. Like, I thought Crawford was going to knock him out. I gave it out on the show, and I'm still a Spence fan. It had yeah. nothing to do with whether I liked or disliked Spence. It was just me, the way I saw it, evaluating the most likely outcome, in my opinion. So with this fight, right now, I'm leaning Canelo by decision. Okay. I, I And I respect that. Like, I, I think that's where I – I think that's the most likely outcome. I definitely think that's, that's the most, I mean, and FanDuel has it priced appropriately. So I think that's the direction I would lean to. I think when you look at, to me, Charlo's going to have to move around like plant. But I just don't know if Charlo's going to be able to find Canelo. Like we saw Canelo like deal with plant and his ability to move around. I think the way that you, you broke down Charlo, him being a bully, or I'm not sure that Charlo is even disciplined enough to. <laughs> To, to just not stand there and try to trade with Canelo. A skilled so think, bully. A skilled bully. Charlo yeah. is immensely skilled, but he's more an aggressive bully-type fighter. What you're saying is is what I agree with. Yeah. Does he have the discipline to box for 12 rounds? And not even the discipline, the temperament. Yeah. It, it's like it's like if you got one of your home, a couple of your homeboys, they're good dudes, but they womanize you. And you take them to this event. And you're like, hey, man, chill. I'm trying to get this deal done. And they like, yeah. okay, cool. They go in there with the right intentions. But the minute something that look good, smile at them and give them that conversation, you know, they, they don't go. So I just, is Charlo going to be the same way? I know the plan is probably to, you know, jab, move, box. But, hmm. you know, Canelo eventually, he's an elite fighter. He's going to get some shots off. 
Charlo's natural temperament to me is to fight back, is the scrap. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm more excited about this fight, I think, than I was about Spence Crawford. The only thing I was excited about Spence Crawford was I thought I was going to catch a big picture, and I did. Oh, that's real. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm excited about Canelo Charlo because I really don't think I have a grasp on the outcome. Nothing would surprise me. The question I want to ask you is, how do you feel about Derrick James? Because, and I, like he was the fr- the trainer of the year, but you look at his last two fights. You look at the Frank Martin fight. You look at the Errol Spence fight. I don't know if he really made any, had his fighter made any adjustments in those fights. And is that a concern for you coming into this fight with, you know, Canelo, who's, we know who Canelo is. So let me say this. I respect the hell out of Derrick James. You know, uh, he's a guy that wasn't given anything. You know, yeah. he's earned everything he's gotten. He's a really hard worker. But uh, Jay-Z had a song on one of his albums, and he said the most addictive drug in the world is when you look in the mirror oh, and you see a celebrity and you start to believe in everything that you're reading and hearing. And if Derek is honest with himself, he knows now and as he reflects there was a slight change in his demeanor and his personality. He was a lot more braggadocious than he was prior, you know, mm-hmm. and that comes with, you know, getting a Ryan Garcia and an Anthony Joshua and you got Spence and Charlo and Frank Martin and, you know, it's human nature, you know, to start feeling yourself a little bit. And I think that's what happened in some ways. And I think if, if when it's all said and done, you know, if he ever decided to write a book and kind of reflect and get retrospective on everything that occurred. I think he would, in that book, say, I didn't realize it, but now in hindsight, yeah, I was a little different. Because the stuff he was saying prior to Spence Crawford, man, the Derrick James four years ago would have never been engaged and involved in in that kind of rhetoric and back and forth. And I think the the good thing now is can he get back on square? You know, because he's still got a good stable. Uh, I think there are some questions now. I don't have questions about him. Uh, but I think also when it comes to coaching, when it comes to training, I'm a former football coach, so I'll talk about myself here so nobody yeah. thinks that I'm, I'm taking shots at anybody. Coaches are great at different things. Mm-hmm. In, in the game of football, there are some coaches, you can put them in a room full of you know, marginal players, and they can get everybody in that room better. Yeah. There are other coaches. You can put them in a room full of great players and they can't get any of those players better. But if you send them to a clinic where they got to get on the chalkboard and talk X's and O's of football, they're elite. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at Derrick James, he seems to be elite at teaching guys the fundamentals, the basics, the sustainable aspects of boxing that supersede uh, your speed slowing down, your power diminishing, like all those things. Now we're going to find out, is he an elite strategist as well? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it's a great position, in my opinion, to be in because I think he has new challenges, and we're going to see, can he, can he live up to him? Okay. I, I respect that. So you said you, you, I mean, your most likely pick is Canelo by decision. So right now. You're, you see this fight going the distance. I know um, right now on FanDuel Sportsbook, they have the yes, will it go to distance, minus 215, and the no, plus 164. Is that a bet that you would take? Well, I think if it goes to distance, Canelo wins. 
Got you. Okay. Um. So I, I probably would lean on the minus one twenty. And, and listen, I'll say this about mm-hmm. some of these fights because of the way that they, you know, make it so difficult to take the guy that you think. Sometimes you just have to take a shot. Yeah. Like, and, and my shot right now is Canelo by decision, minus one twenty. Maybe I see Charlo at the weigh in, and I get a different feel. Maybe there's something that transpires in the weigh in that makes me think differently. But, but right now that's where I'm leaning. I, I wouldn't lay the four dollars with Canelo. I don't feel that confident. Yeah. You know that, that that Charlo can't win. You know, but again, like any anybody backing Charlo is presumed. We have yeah. no actual evidence to go by, so yeah. it's projection involved in this. Yeah, I think I, I think to back. I mean, and a lot of times it's so funny because these fights, no one wants to lay the four dollars. Like nobody. <laughs> so I mean, unless unless you're a professional better, you're coming into this fight typically thinking, all right, I'm going to take a shot on an underdog. Like, when you go back historically, you look at those Mayweather fights, the the sports books needed the underdog, <laughs> which right. is absolutely insane for a guy who hasn't lost. But this is the one fight where I find myself almost wanting to put something on the underdog, just because I do think Canelo's getting up in age. And boxing is the one sport where guys can fall off overnight. And I'm not saying Canelo has fallen off, but he has slipped in most recent fights. So I don't have a definitive pick for this fight. I do think Canelo's the rightful favorite. But if I had to play anything, I right now, as of, and like you said, I've reserved the right to, to change my opinion between now and the weigh-in. Um, I would lean towards Charlo at plus three. And, and, and let me be clear. I want Charlo to win. Yeah. Like, I want the American black man in this situation to win. Yeah. Not that I have anything against any other race, culture, or creed, but... Charlo's a guy that I can relate to, how he grew up, where he came from, people yeah. doubting him, him having to mm-hmm. overcome, you know, other people's limitations on what he thought he could be. Like, so there's a lot of connectivity between what I went through trying to become a black quarterback in the National Football League and what mm-hmm. he's gone through, not just trying to be champion, but be a respected champion. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, when Jamal was active and Jamel, who's fighting Canelo, when they act out and when they show that that aggressive nature, people don't understand it comes from people trying to basically like uh, just act like they didn't exist. Yeah. Like not being, you know, that they wanted respect. Like, you know, how we talked about motivation. They had yeah. gotten the money. They were looking for respect. Like they were looking for the boxing pundits to say, this guy is the real deal. And so I respect, Jamel for being willing to take this chance. Uh, I definitely wouldn't talk anybody out of taking the underdog in this fight. Canelo has looked acceptable. Uh, even the Caleb Plant fight. Caleb Plant was doing good until he wasn't. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I just don't know after round. Even, even if Jamel has a good first five rounds, how does he hold up to a 168-pound power puncher in the late round? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I have no information to go on. Yeah, that, that that's very real. Um, it, I I think it's interesting too because I'm, a lot of times I was always afraid to to bet against Canelo because we saw the Mayweather fight where CJ Ross kind of gave him a round. That was like, a gave, that was a split decision. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, like 
So it's just like Canelo has always been the A side. And the one thing I'm cognizant of when I'm betting boxing is who is the A side because they tend mm-hmm. to get these gift decisions. Um, now with Canelo with PBC, I don't know how that's going to change things, but he is the cash cow. So that kind of scares me. But I mean, to go back to um, Charlo, this is a legacy defining fight. I mean, he would be undisputed in second weight class. The only other person who did it was Crawford um, just recently. So if he were to win this fight, I mean, you're looking at an all-time great in one night. Um, so I'm kind of wishing Absolutely. Wishing yeah. And Crawford, I, Crawford, I think, has got the same uh, cherry dangling mm-hmm. in front of him. I mean, uh, yeah. Charlo is the yeah. mega fight with, with, with Terrence Crawford, who, I mean, had to I mean, he's been blood. calling him out. He's, he's been talking yeah, crazy. But, <laughs> but, my guy, man, like, Bud is the kind of fighter, the further he gets removed from actually being a fighter, the better people are going to actually acknowledge how he was. He stopped everybody he fought at 47. Yeah. Nobody's made it to the final bell. Like, so whoever wins this fight, that's the mega fight in waiting. So I'll be there. I'll be in the house. If y'all want to come holler at your boy, come holler at me. Uh, yeah. Hopefully I have a DraftKings camera and microphone this time. Not just mm-hmm. doing social media, so I definitely, hopefully, I get sound bites and, and see what get the pulse of the building on on a Friday. No doubt, I, I, I'm 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 gonna be in the building as well. So you definitely highlight both of us. Um, is there anything you want to promote? Um, before we get out of here, anything you want to tell the people? Yeah, you guys come and check me out. Uh, if you have YouTube TV, you can add the Vsin uh, Network. It's V S I N. That's Vegas Sports Information Network. I have a show called Prime Time on from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, Monday through Friday. Uh, as I, as you know, Raheem did a great job in the intro of saying, I, I was probably the only person that I knew that was adamant that the plus 260 on Bud Crawford by stoppage was the only way to approach Spence Crawford from a betting angle. Uh, right now, again, I'm leaning Canelo, minus 120 to win by decision. Uh, for you guys, you newbies, that means if he was to knock him out, you lose. Uh, if he was to get, if Charlo was to get disqualified, you lose. So make sure you understand the rules and maybe I change my mind. I want Charlo to win, but more importantly, I'm not getting either one of those purses. So I got to make sure I make some money. <laughs> That's real. I mean, you're a football guy, so I got to ask you this. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Oh, it's upside down right now, Raheem, man. Look, uh, whew. I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, which is, go against, like, what I know is probably going to happen. So I'm going to say Dallas in the NFC. And what I mean by that is until I see Dak play great in the playoffs, I kind of always got that. But with the (laughs) Cowboys, but they look tremendous. So I'm going to give them their praise while they deserve it. So I'm going to go Cowboys versus, I'm going to say Ravens. I think Mm. getting the bag, I think getting that bag relieves a lot of stress from Lamar Jackson. I mean, he looks as good as he's ever looked throwing the ball. So we'll see if he can sustain it over season. But right now, I say Ravens, Cowboys. I'm glad you said that because you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm from Philly, but the Cowboys are my team. Um, I'm a little concerned because um had a little non-contact injury to um Trayvon Diggs um earlier today. Hopefully, he's healthy. Um, now y'all playing the Cardinals. Y'all can send the B team. Y'all be good. Yeah, he definitely can send the B team. And then, I mean, <laughs> I, I like I like where the Ravens are headed. Um, obviously, they always have these injury concerns right now. Um, but I think at some point, the Todd Monken offense is just going to take them to another level. 
Yeah, and uh, I wish they still had J.K. Dobbins. I think he was going to have a big year. Of course, mm-hmm. he's out for the season with Achilles. But, again, sometimes as an athlete, if you're worried about getting that big contract, it, 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 it creates undue stress. And you you, you want to play your best, but you just don't. And maybe getting that monkey off his back is, is what's going to catapult Lamar Jackson to the Patrick Mahomes level. And so far, he looks the part. So I'm going to back the black quarterbacks. We're going uh, Lamar versus Dak in the Super Bowl right now. I love it. I love to hear that. Well, yeah, y'all know how it's going down. We had Sean King from VEASAN in the building. I go by the name Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. Rasha Damas, Ringer Gambling Show. Y'all know how it's going down. Holler at us. Thanks for listening to the Ringer Gambling Show. Thanks to Leonard Ellaby. Thanks to Sean King. Y'all make sure y'all check out the fight this weekend. It's going to be a really good fight. But make sure you check out East Coast Bias, John Jastrzemski, Joe House, yours truly, Raheem Primer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus on East Coast Bias on Thursday. Then make sure you check out the Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday on FanDuel TV. We got Cousin Sal, Joe House, JJ, yours truly. Y'all know how it's going down. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 if you're in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York.